Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Core. This is Core, Scott, and Bo, and John, and we're going to talk about video games. Guys, it's been a hell of a week. It's been E3 all up in it. All over my face. Um, I've spent, and a good deal of that was with John, uh, a whole bunch of time uh, covering conferences and filling my brain full of this stuff. And like I always say, I got my brain's like a big straw, and it fits a bunch of marbles in it. And the more marbles you put on the left side, the more marbles fall out the right side. <laughs> so I feel like I'm in that mode right now. I got a lot of new marbles, and a lot of my good marbles are gone. I don't know where they are, scattered all over the floor, lost in the dirt, whatever. So I'm a little dumb this week, is how I feel. I've been screwing up like episode numbers for other shows, uh, posting the wrong RSS feed in the wrong place, like just a bunch of dumb just things. And this happens every year at E3, around E3. It happens every time. So it's because of all the games, that the marble games put in your head. I guess so. Like, and a lot of them I don't even care about. So I, they will leave my brain at some point, and I'll be left with what I do care about. We're going to talk about that today. The three of us have picks as to what games we like. If you want to get really hairy with the coverage and you listen to this show, you already know that I put like 12 hours of content on this feed without warning you. So it's all there, including the big wrap up that Patrick and I did. Um, and we go through it like a fine tooth comb here on core. Our job is a little different. We're going to take a, a different angle on a few things to do with E3, but E3 is definitely still a theme. So sit back. Put on your seatbelt and enjoy whatever the hell comes out of our mouths from here on out. Uh, okay, so let's get right into it. Um, 
What's interesting this year, or at least uh, I agree with the sentiment that there seems to be a lot of emphasis on not just remasters and things like that. Like over the last few years, you'll get remasters of games. What's the difference? Oh, it's in 4K now, or it's fully uh, widescreen, where the original game they're making or they made in the 90s was not that. And so now it's widescreen, and everybody's got some version of that, some up-resed, um, you know, re- sort of redone thing. But really, the core game is still the same. It's just built for modern displays. That's been my experience anyway. But lately, as of the last year and a half or so, it seems like remakes, and I mean like genuine from the ground up remakes, seem to be the hot new thing. And I think, just to say it ahead of the conversation, I think I'm actually for this more than I am just upresing something or upping, you know, the, the the assets like better textures or something. Like going fundamentally back to the drawing board and saying, let's take what made this game great and then let's make some changes to it to make it even better. And we'll make it look great in the process. And boom, you get your Resident Evil 2s of the world. Uh, that's a good example. The other more most prominent example probably is this Final Fantasy VII remake that was all over the Squeenix. The Squeenix? Square Enix. <laughs> the Squeenix. It was all over the Squeenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, you live in Squeenix, Arizona. How do you like that down <laughs> Yeah, there? Squeenix, Arizona. It's a little hot. Yeah. Um, it was a little surprising to have Final Fantasy VII land all over us, but uh, here we are. Yeah, here we are. So that's a game uh, that is coming out in chunks. Um, not one complete game, but for those that remember the PS1 glory days of Final Fantasy VII, we're back to that story, those characters... They are building that game from the ground up. The combat system is totally different, um, I think, in good ways. And it looks really good. Um, But that's just one of those examples. And we can talk about that one in more detail if we want to. But the overall topic here at the top of the show I thought would be fun. I don't know actually who suggested this, but I like this idea a lot. It was me. Was it you, Bo? All right, Bo, remakes. How do we feel about remakes? Is there a limit to this? Is it just a couple of lucky strikes here with RE7? Or sorry, RE2, and then this Final Fantasy VII thing looks good anyway on the surface. Uh, is that uh, is that a trend you'd like to see continue? Like, tell me where your head's at up there in beautiful Ottawa, Canada. Um, <laughs> well, it's in Ottawa, Canada. Yeah. Um, well, I think I'm starting to think pretty favorably about it. Remakes, like, the idea of remaking something, at least in terms of film, which we've had a deluge of, is generally met with a lot of marked skepticism Mm -hmm. because they're going to ruin the magic of the original story. In most cases, that's true, although there's exceptions. Um, It's funny because it just felt like that applies to gaming, but then I'm looking at this Final Fantasy VII going like, yeah, why are they making all these other Final Fantasies? Like, this is the first time I've seen something... I assume this is only going to be Sony. They haven't. Did they mention PC to it your recollection for cur- this? Currently, uh, only announced for PlayStation. But I thought I read something somewhere that talked about timed exclusives, and that thing would end up being in probably this Xboxes is the and stuff. First thing I've ever seen that made me said, "I think I might need to buy a PlayStation 4. Oh wow, you really? Uh, I didn't realize. Like, I don't care about the Horizon Zero Dawns. They look great. God of War. They all look great. They're not enough. I'm sated enough in the saturated market of games that plenty to do on the platform I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing, I mean, Final Fantasy's always had a history of being a, an exclusive to a console. It wouldn't shock me uh, to find that out, and it wouldn't be news yeah. that Final Fantasy VII is so good. 
And I know you guys, I don't think commiserate with me on this one. John does. Uh, no, 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 he doesn't. Oh, I thought um, you did. I thought you were a huge. Why did I think that? I I like all Final Fantasies. Yeah. Seven is not on the You'll, highest points. Oh, of that's list. right. You'll meet a wide bevy of people who have different tier lists for the Final Fantasies. But for me, Final Fantasy Seven is the S tier out of anything they have ever done. And a part of it is my time in gaming. Uh, I had a, the Nintendo 64 where my friend had the PlayStation, so I was jealous of the games they had when I went to go visit a friend's house and stay as late as I could to see as much of Final Fantasy Seven as I could. Yeah. And then when I got a PlayStation 2, the first game I bought was Final Fantasy Seven, which was a backwards compatibility game mm. because that was the game I wanted to play. Mm. It really, to me, is the strongest of any of the games they've put out, at least narratively, definitely musically. I don't think there is a more better, in my opinion, soundtrack I like better than what's on this game. So a remake of this game is like, well, it sounds interesting, but remakes are bad, right? Well, and it can um, be. You know, from the movie perspective, mm-hmm. seeing what I've seen that at this week's E3, I'm super in. It looks like the FF7 is so highly regarded, they made a fully animated CG movie, Final Fantasy movie of it, mm-hmm. where they've done that for no other of their games. No, you'll get so an argument from me. Like the, the, the tone, look, style, sound, yeah. uh, characterization, all that stuff of that particular game. Also, my favorite of all the Final Fantasies. I hated playing it, though. Because sure. I can't stand a lot of the game systems, so this remake for me is actually a a, a great sort of cleaning out of the closet and starting yeah. over from scratch. And it looks like the kind of combat I want. Um, but John, like we were watching that Square Enix thing, John was with me, and he said, "I can't believe you're this excited about this game." Like he was he was shocked. So was Patrick that I would even give a poo about Final Fantasy. That typically this just isn't my bag. And we had a back and forth about other, you know, Japanese RPGs that I'll play and that sort of thing. But if you're going to remake one, even even I, who felt like, you know, gameplay wise, it wasn't that great. I mean, what else are you going to do? You're not going to remake 10-2 or whatever the hell it was with the half naked ladies all the time. You're not going to make. No, you you make seven. It's the popular one. Like <laughs> right. Whether or not it's my favorite, you make seven. It's the one that everybody seemed, the, not everybody, the most people seem to like to like. Maybe after that, I think 10 would probably rank as most people oh. generally like 10. Ooh, I don't really either. Here. I'm with you, Bo, but I always hear people say, and they love they love the 10. I I might be able to try it if they did Honestly, voice actors. I, they, to me, the Final Fantasy games were never the same in the 3D revolution. Like Once 8 hit, I was like, this is... This oh, it is would a... be 6. That's what it would be. So, oh, if, oh, if they... You're talking about three for the SNES. Right. If they were going to remake, okay, seven's oh, yeah. the obvious I, first choice. Who would be the obvious second choice? It would be six or slash three. Yeah, I don't even know what six would look like in 3D rendered. And it would just, I, I remember being fond of it, but. Well, that's a good point. Don't, don't you think yeah, but, okay, seven, sure. seven has the best roots to go this direction because it was already striking art direction wise. And for its time, character wise, too, like I I would say that um, there's just like the character design is is more realized, I think, than the what they had for three. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so iconic. That big sword, clouds, dumb hair, like all that stuff is so immediately recognizable. I mean, it it pretty much put Final Fantasy in the record books as this, you know, 
titular title and it was already popular. That's not the issue, but you don't, nobody looks at characters from the secret of mana series unless you're really hardcore on those and goes, Ooh, there's an icon that, that is sits among the high thrones of all gaming icons, but cloud does, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that image of cloud, he's a big deal, like a freaking big deal. So him and that, uh, who's the guy with the gun on his arm, John Barrett, 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 I'm not going to say Jax. Everyone's mad at me for saying Jax. I got all kinds of and heat. Justifiably so. I don't know if it's a justified. It's just me. It's like me saying uh, um, if I wa- watch a Tom Hardy movie and just call him Mad Max the whole time. That's, that's, that is all that is. Everybody wants to make that no, weirdly because racial. Because Tom Hardy played both characters. No, I, Barrett I, I, and Jax are two completely different individuals no, in every wait, way, shape, or form. Wait, they're both metal arm African-Americans. Yeah. I think. I think maybe if you're going to say there's like a similarity, okay. Yeah. I think probably it was compounded by the Will Smith comment in an earlier stream. Oh, what did I say about Will Smith? <laughs> oh, because he looked, it looked like that one guy looked like Will Smith big time when yeah, he was laying there. Yeah, yeah, and Patrick was like, that is not Will Smith. And that's what started this whole debacle. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. I was there, man. Uh, um, but it's fine. Whatever. Jack's, you know, metal arm guy. <laughs> Yeah. All right, but he's I'm gonna. All call he's him. iconic, but notably, a lot of other characters are missing that I, I we're not gonna see in this first installment that are equally iconic to Final Fantasy VII fans. Red, Red X I I I or whatever. I think he's thirteen. Yeah, it's thirteen. Red yeah, 13, there's a character yeah. in that game is the lion. A he's lion? A, is he a lion? He looked a panther, lion, a furry cat-like animal. <laughs> he's not a person, but one of the playable characters is that. Is Red X guy. Red third down. Okay. Nailed it. I don't know any of these names, so I will be like, what's the There's city? There's also a vampire. There's a vampire in yeah. your group. What, what's the city they're in in this city? What's this called? Midgar. Midgar. Gar? Midgar. Gar. Gar. Yeah, don't, I don't want to get sued. Nobody wants to get sued. So Midgar uh, is all you're going to get for this first installment. So whatever the second installment is, you get out of the city in theory. Um, yeah. Some have said, well, part of the problem with this plan they have um, as ambitious as it is, is that they part part of a lot of players who like seven a lot say, well, part of what made seven great was realizing that oh my gosh, we thought the whole game was in the city, and now things are really widening out. Holy crap, this game goes really goes to places, and you're not going to have that feeling again because even if you're new to the series, because this stuff's being handled you know handed out in chunks, and you kind of get the idea that well, this chunk will be this place, and then the next chunk will have a uh, you know, more or whatever. I don't know that it's that big a deal, but I've been hearing a lot of that. Uh, I Hold on. I want to jump in here real quick because I want to tell people why it's a big deal and plant my flag so that in, uh, we'll say, 10 years, everybody can listen to this and say, wow, John, I hated your prediction, but you were right. Uh, they're never going to finish this. You don't think they ever get done? Nope. Whoa, whoa. Hang on. Why? Why do you? Why? That is my hot take prediction. I don't think it ever all comes out. Do you think that's... I think, well, give me some thinking there. Why do you think that's the case? Here's the thing. We've waited this long to get this piece, and this is literally the piece they show every time. When they wanted to show off how great the PS3 technology was, and they were like, look at what we made. Or maybe it was the PS4 when it was first coming out. I don't remember what made them redo it. It was all the stuff in Midgar. It was the, the train pulling in and that first boss. It's the stuff they've literally been remaking every single time they decided to up some Final Fantasy and show it off they're like oh look it's this part that everybody in the world has seen 
And it took them this long to get there with this. They are at the edge of a console switch. So they are not only saying, hey, buy into this chunk of a game, <laughs> but do it when we're just about to put out new consoles where they will probably have to turn around and say, oh, we also need to finish it over here, either through an up-res or continue to be selling PS4 games for the foreseeable future. And we don't know what the next PS5 or whatever is going to be. It could be backwards compatible, might not be as big of a deal. But the fact that it's on the edge of that console generation, I think is a legitimate concern for me sure. because they have a decision on how to treat that. It I also think, um, you know, I think the game is you're both excited about it mm -hmm. and you represent kind of two sides of the coin which is good you have somebody who wasn't into the first game yeah. excited about the remake and you have somebody who did like the first game excited about the remake but i think there's a lot of people that are going to say this isn't really what i wanted i wanted an up res version of that original thing and i think there are going to be people that bounce off of it because they've decided to do something different with it or because it's going to be just partial content and they'll say i'll get it when it all comes out and i think Cutting that audience might hurt the numbers and might hurt them turning around and saying, yeah, this is a venture we want to do for the next six years as we try to put out all the pieces of this content. The Midgar stuff is not a lot of that game. Mm. So it's not like they are putting out the vast majority of the game in this but, first little bit. I But I'm told it's a full games experience worth of stuff. Sure. So it's not three. It's not a three-hour experience. It's or even ten-hour. It's a full-fledged, you know, sixty-hour Final Fantasy game, is my understanding. Mm. So it's like it's not. My understanding is that it's like it's going to be more fleshed-out, full game, and they're probably going to do the Final Fantasy Thirteen treatment to it, which I didn't realize. I had Final Fantasy Thirteen on Xbox, mm. uh, three sixty. And I, I never knew until this year or last year, I would say, when it went on sale on Steam, that there were two other Final Fantasy 13s. Yeah, there's two sequels to that one. Yeah, and I, I feel like I keep informed of what's going on in video games. I'm like, I never heard of this Lightning Return. What? I was like shocked. Well, to John, um, to John's point about whether they get to getting them all done or not, I mean, it's a valid one. We've had plenty of high-profile examples of games that were meant to have a bunch of long-tail content. Um, episodic content. Uh, Half-Life 2 is the perfect example of this. And it just stopped. They didn't deliver on the third episode. Three is nowhere to be found. Like, it's just mm. died on the vine. A lot of time has passed since then, though, and I think things like Hitman have proved that you can do it and make it really good. That's also a very different game, so I'm not trying to make a direct comparison there. But um, I would say that that's a valid concern. I am... Not so worried, though, about changeover of generation because the hardware will be backwards compatible. It's pretty much a 100% guarantee on all sides because they're moving forward with the x86 architecture. That's that's The next consoles have already confirmed that that's the case. Um, there's no reason for them not to be compatible because the last generation, 360s, ran on PowerPC architecture and the uh, PlayStation ran on its own uh, chips, and I forgot what that was called, whatever that was called. Um, and so that was a that was a hard prospect. Doing backwards compatibility there was basically nigh impossible unless you put actual hardware in there, which they did on the launch for the PlayStation Three. Later, sold those without it, and then software emulation was just never there. So it just kind of petered out. If that was this transition, I'd be genuinely worried, as you are, about having this overlap multiple generations. 
But in theory, in theory, okay, it's not 100%, but in theory, whatever they make now is ready for the current gen, will easily play on the next gen, and in theory, the next gen will play them even better, faster, with uh, better better uh, uh, assets and things because they'll already be working with those. So it should be like a PC kind of. Uh, the way that we get a game now and maybe we bought a new video card between now and the sequel we got. It should be more like that, akin to that, and not the old way of the SNES became the N64 and there's nothing that ties them together. So I mean, if they're not making money from it, then you know, I guess it's understandable they won't finish it. But That's I a good point too. Like if it doesn't sell, that's the other thing. If this thing tanks... Then John's right. They'll stop. They won't yeah. make it. <laughs> they won't. Keep and I don't want to be right for the record. I mean, I, I will say Final Fantasy seven, not my favorite Final Fantasy, but it is important to a lot of people. And I would like to see them get the thing they've waited so long for. Right. But arguably for a remake, the safest bet was to choose that particular game to do it for. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of palpable hype for it when it was first announced. Mm-hmm. So I think they announced it. And there was a long period of time went by, and what they brought looked really good, unlike certain other trailers uh, that were appeared to be three. <laughs> and and um, yeah, it's a little rough and, around the edges this year for sure. Uh, and and I, the, the point goes, I'm like, do I want to see more games get this treatment? The game I think most of is, is Doom. Uh, Doom's an example of a game that didn't have everything, you know, all the levels of original Doom or anything like that. We're seeing a second one, and Doom very much feels like a remake of doom like i know there have been various reboots over the years graphical upgrades and stuff but this that 2016 doom was very much it's titled doom wasn't doom colon whatever wasn't doom immortal or doom legion or yeah doom for the two. for the for all yeah. intents and purposes it is a doom reboot in every way you're right yeah like it's a similar treatment it's like we're taking what makes doom doom the game not the story or the narrative or anything else just what is doom and just re-releasing it as that game. And I, I feel like, I mean, they tag... The only thing that's bad about Final Fantasy VII Remake is that it's actually titled Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> uh, which, you know, they should just call it Final Fantasy VII, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but it's sort of exciting to see that they're not up it because new ideas are being brought, new gameplay. At first, my mind revolted when I saw the, the action combat that was in there. At mm. first, I was like, wait, that's not Final Fantasy VII. It's about waiting your turn and then picking the attack thing. But then as I saw it, I was like, no, this is cool. They're, they want you to combo almost Chrono Trigger style with mm-hmm. the very, you know, like this guy distracts while that other guy does the other thing. Mm-hmm. Seemed very active. And it did have that system still in there somewhat as if they were anticipating that people would fully revolt if the change was too dramatic. Yeah, I wonder so, I wonder if how much of that was in their heads or if they just really liked the system. But having that meter build up and then that, in effect, pauses things. It's super slow, so it's not technically paused. But Like in Resident Evil 2, the yeah. new Resident Evil 2 remake, the shooting's still bad in it, right? It looked kind of bad in the videos I saw of you screaming. Um, well, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a thousand times better than the shooting in RE2. But, it, but, the, but is it still like, you know, it's you're not playing Overwatch where you like snap, headshot, everything. Oh, like, right, you know, right, right. It's, yeah. it's still, it's, there's still yeah. a difficulty to it that's intended that is a staple of the game and the genre known as Resident Evil. Yeah, right? I would even argue, this, this is what's funny about that game, and John can speak to this obviously because he's played through it like six times or whatever it's been. Um, <laughs> but that game has... Uh, 
a real unique way of making you feel like you're, you're you suck at killing those zombies. Um, part of it is that a lot of them just aren't dead, and it can take a long time for them to be dead, and some still just never die. And then some go full taco face where they just explode, and then you know they're dead. So it's this great kind of visual indicator that you've killed them. But the actual shooting has the AI pulling some weird dodge moves and very erratic movement. And so uh, uh, he can be coming at you like this, going with his head to the side, and you've got a perfect beat on it. And as soon as you shoot, or it feels like as you're getting close to shooting, and it doesn't feel cheap or like it's cheating, but you take that shot right when he goes with his head to the other side, and you've missed and hit the wall behind him. And there's a lot of that in there. It feels very organic, though, and I, I respect it. I think it's a fun way to build that tension and make you feel uh, – you know, like you're like, like you're AI can easily be programmed for predictive behavior to say, Oh, it looks like he's going for a headshot. Let's do jerk motion, you know, like, right. You, it, it doesn't you, feel and, intentional though. It feels it's really well, that would be well the magic done. trick of good AI is that it would feel natural. Yeah. Right? You know, it does it feel natural. every time you got a beat on somebody, then mm-hmm. you'd be like, something's up. Yeah. And it's but, already uh, intense and you're already in close quarters. And it's already crazy. And if you've watched me play, there's a whole other factor where I'm a giant baby and that doesn't help any, anybody's aim. But it, it, it does help create that tension that I think tank controls in the old games kind of artificially created just because they were dumb. <laughs> that they were, you know, to turn and rotate very slowly and get a beat right, on a zombie right. was, was not just because they wanted to have poor control. It was to create tension. And this game does a good job of... Well, um, that's what I wanted to drive at because right. we live in an age of, like, sequels. You're either a new IP or it's, like, sequels upon sequels. But we sometimes forget that stories are secondary to the fact that the thing is a game and it's the game that's the thing that's important right so the mechanics mm-hmm. the interactivity and even those feelings of is it hard to aim in this franchise is it super easy to aim and move around in the doom franchise are really what makes the game the game and i sort of like these three examples because they all i mean we don't know for sure about final fantasy 7 but by all looks um they all adhere to the thing that that game was doing uh, to perfect. A good example might be StarCraft as well. You know, StarCraft 1 and 2, 2 obviously plays better, but it's in keeping with the spirit of the thing. And the remaster, you know, followed its tenet. But we've often said, why didn't they remaster StarCraft? Why didn't they just release StarCraft? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and leave, leave it in the new engine. Like, why don't why don't we do that more? Because the effects of games that we really love getting re-released, we just seem to like it. Mm-hmm. I would have like played. I would have played. I would have totally played StarCraft One and Brood War in the StarCraft Two engine, just with all the math of those games. Me too. Oh my gosh! And they've got the assets because they've rebuilt everything that basically was in those old games mm-hmm. uh, in some way or another in the campaign or whatever. It's all there, like bits and pieces. So I would have played. I would have totally played that. Instead, I installed that upresed. Brood War Starcraft one thing played a single match and said, "All right, well that's Starcraft, <laughs> and that's fine." But there is something about doing it in this new place. Re Re two for all the scariness it's giving me, for all the Mister X nightmares I've been having, is a really great example of what can be done with something that's ancient that we have a lot of love and feelings for, and then being able to make it new and yet retain the spirit of the thing. And that's what I think these games need to do. Because you've technically played it f- before. It should yeah. be boring. Like, I've played a lot of... I've bought a lot of coll- uh, remastered editions. And let me tell you, like, 90% of the time, I'm done after an hour or two. I'm like, it looks up, res. That's great. Anyway, let me play a current-gen game, because that's where my attention... Yeah. You know, I just... Yeah. So so I like these remakes, at least. I, I just feel like we should do it more. 
Right. Um, you go far enough until you're like, yeah, that hit the nostalgia bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> like I, I, all right. Now I remember what it's like to play this game, and it was pretty. Yeah. Um, but these these games give you something different. I took something completely different from Resident Evil Two than what I had the first time, and that was okay. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think probably the only thing that made me sad was that they didn't put giant spiders in it. But I was also kind of okay with that <laughs> because I would have been terrified by giant spiders. So well, did, did two have spiders in it in the old? One? Yeah, oh. they they took out three creatures for Resident Evil Two Remake. No giant spiders, no killer crows, and as odd as it is to say, there was a giant moth in the original Resident Evil right. 2 that does not make an appearance in this game. I remember that, and the crows were hideous. You'd go out, you know the balcony place where you go out by the fence that's locked that you saw What's-Her-Name through, and then you go down to the basement save room, that little yeah. balcony there? That's where crows used to di- dive bomb me in the old game. I totally yeah, forgot about they, that. They sucked. I was terrified of crows. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, they're the worst. And they they aren't like monster crows. They're just frigging crows and they kill you and it's it feels bad. Well, here's the other thing. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, to your point earlier, John, is available. If people want that pure old experience, it exists. It's a thing you can play. Where is this? On PC, I think. I have it on it's Steam. It's on like everything. Yeah, it's on Steam. Point. It's other stuff. There's also a mod for it that apparently every year gets better and better that just graphically improves it. But if you want that old experience, random battles, all that bit, all that freaking bullshit that I hate about Japanese RPGs, it's all there. But then if you want to jump into this, I mean, John's making me nervous about some of his points because I kind of think they ring true about how big a scope this thing is and how Square Enix, since becoming Square Enix, has been a little sloppy on that end. They don't always follow through. They don't they don't have all my confidence. They also have notoriously high standards and this is the part that scares me. You have games like the Tomb Raider uh reboots. Mm-hmm. Um and they sell by our standards extremely well and you hear about conference calls where Square Enix was like they were a disappointment. Yeah. You know, like they were extremely well reviewed. They sold really well. Why are you saying that? And uh you know, you look at a game like Hitman, which was phenomenal. They no longer have that property because to them, they were like, ah, eh, just wasn't selling well enough. Let's get rid of it. Uh, and even the last Final Fantasy, uh, the one with the, the boys in the car, I think that's what it was called. And <laughs> Final Fantasy had, boys in the car, yeah. They had a set number of DLC that they were planning to put out. Boys in the car. <laughs> they wound up canceling the last, the last bit because... Ah, the DLC is just not doing well enough. Let's just cancel it. And it makes me nervous. Again, I I don't want this to be the future. Right. This is simply my concern. I think uh, it's a valid one. Uh, given well, who we're talking about, if this was somebody... Like, this is the difference between all a lot of uh, publisher developers and Ubisoft for me right now. Ubisoft has taken up a new position in my head, and I think it's earned, where they put out a thing and... Even if it's bad at front first or they have problems at launch or whatever, I know they're going to do right. They're going to stick to whatever it is. They're going to make it happen. And if they came out with a multi-episode thing and said, here's our plan, we're doing 10 of these, get ready, I would believe them over Square right now. And that's not good because you need people to buy into this or else these these other episodes just aren't going to get made. 
So I'm kind of, I totally get what John's saying on that. Yeah. But I mean, they, they could have just gone ahead and made another Final Fantasy. I think they know, I think they know what they're doing with this one. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I want to play Final Fantasy Boys in the Car now, though. (laughs) Now that you've called it that. Well, the thing is about that. So that I I haven't played that game at all, but I was tempted because I like that version of the Final Fantasy world. To me, it's the most akin to seven and what I like about seven is a setting. Mm. And so I was really excited about it. But then it just seems so weirdly treated by the by Square Enix that I just kind of backed off and the forgot about the it. car made it feel like it wasn't for me. <laughs> like, I don't, I just, I, was like, eh, I loved the idea though of like, you're in a car, there's a lot of modern stuff, but you're on a road trip through a fantasy environment. Like on paper, I never played it. I own it. Um, it's the coolest idea in the world to me. And I don't know why I never ultimately got around to it, but I, I dig the idea of it. I had a weird dream the other night. It's gonna it doesn't fit with this so much, but it might kind of connect. Uh, John, you like those XCOM games, so do you, Bo? I guess for that matter. But I you're do. a big fan of those, Enemy Within, and all that, mm-hmm. right? Was that the first one, Enemy Within? Yeah, well, Enemy the first unknown. one of the re- yeah, unknown is the first one. Within is the second one. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. Right. Which yeah. one? Of the Return. Have... The we brought it back. Right. Series. Either, either way, pretty great game and a great reboot and an example of all of this. I had a dream that with all this talk of ray tracing, which I've been studying, by the way, like learning what it means. Like, it's not just what people think it is. People think it's just, oh, it's just, was it just lighting in games? Because we already have that. It's not that. It's not a guy named Ray who's tracing things. No. It's not Ray who's been tracing everything. Uh, No, it's like, I mean, it's computed in real time. It's the kind of thing. This is what's crazy. I was playing the Doom 2 ray tracing demo. And it's. You mean Quake 2. I'm sorry, Quake 2. I keep saying Doom 2. The Quake 2 you guys, ray tracing it with demo everything. It's fine. Runs on my RTX, so I thought, well, let's try it, and I did. And it's impressive. It's really impressive. But it's also a 20-year-old game. But part of what makes it impressive is this is a single frame of me moving in that game with real-time lighting calculation. Used to take Pixar back in the Toy Story 1 days, three days to render that one frame on a, in a server farm. because that uses real lighting so we are getting to a place now where this real-time possibility exists and we're getting closer and closer to it the new consoles reportedly um both are uh, you know messing with this certainly video cards are doing this but anyway here's the dream so i've been thinking about all this i've been reading about it and the difference between volumetric lighting and, and other fake fake ways we make lighting in video games versus a real light source in a artificial environment what that means and I wake up to this dream that XCOM, these two XCOMs that are sort of new, got re-released with uh, support for ray tracing. And the results in my dream were incredible. <laughs> I mean, they looked, because every like projectile reflected on everything. Every object in the world knew of its existence and reacted accordingly. Every leaf that was a little bit wet would show just a little hint of the red rocket as it passed by red rocket, red rocket. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like this just beautiful <laughs> use of the technology in a game like that. And it got me so excited for things like that. A game like Diablo Diablo three with true ray traced uh, systems in it would be unbelievable. It would be so cool, dude. Oh my gosh. 
don't I mean I don't know if I recommend this or not but if you want to go down a big rabbit hole and understand truly what ray tracing is a term I've heard about since the early 90s they just have never got it's like H, it's almost like VR it's like they finally are figuring it out but mm-hmm. since then I never really understood it but it is it is gaming will never be the same once that becomes commonplace it's going to change how uh, that it's stuff a, works. it's a it's a pretty intense amount of mathematical crunch for a computer to do live essentially yeah every frame is, is like a nightmare but it's getting to the point where it isn't and that's the reason why they're they can only truly impressively show us on quake 2 because quake 2 is old as shit and it has, has a low poly count yeah. and doesn't need all the other things that we do with video games now otherwise it'd be a slideshow but it looked amazing I can't recommend trying that enough if you have an RTX card or whatever. The... I need to get an RTX card. I think this next generation, I just was hoping for some more cores and I want to get a new system. So Yeah. Anyway. Get an RTX card for sure. In that time was... for Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. So, okay, you want to talk... ray tra- How yeah. am I going to see the pe- all the penises on their posters if I, don't, <laughs> if I don't have ray tracing? Wait, did you notice penises in the demo or something? I missed that. Were there penises? Don't you see the article about one of the ads? In... Uh, I think Scott showed up. Scott missed the original <laughs> article about our conversation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He, he got there in time for us to so talk about of, which celebrities were sleeping one with. Of the stills, not... right. One of the stills that they had was an alleyway in Cyberpunk, which was showing the benefits of ray tracing. So internet sleuths, as they do, zoomed in on one of the posters that was very fuzzy and in the background. Yeah, and it's it's a very effeminate looking uh, man dressed in what do they call that? I don't know. Just it almost looks like a, in the you know let's get physical video like when they used to exercise those one piece things with the tights. Oh, it's very like yeah, it's very what you would call traditionally feminine clothing, mm-hmm. but it's a dude. Mm-hmm. And you can see his outline of his dong oh! in, in erection <laughs> mode. I think Kyle posted a picture of it in there. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I hadn't seen yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Ooh, you know, without ray tracing, I'm just going to see a blob. Is... I'm not going to see the outline of that sweet-looking penis on there. <laughs> I don't think that's how... I don't... <laughs> I don't think that's how JPEGs work, Bo, but I appreciate you upgrading your graphics card for that purpose. I agree. Um, and also in Midgar, when they have their sweet-looking... You know. Let's see. I'm trying to show this to the chat and I can't get it to work, but I'll let you guys. Hold on a second. Window capture. Uh, okay. So I didn't, I did, at first it didn't even occur to me. Whoops, this isn't it. Gosh dang it. There you go, buddy. All right. I'm going to scroll down. You can see this uh, lady person. Can we blow that one up? Yeah. Oh, it's it's a man. So, or, well, who knows? I mean, why, why have they ever identify? Oh my gosh. So like, there's a lot of talk about, you know, um, sexual representation and gender identification as a part of cyberpunk. And I think a lot of it has to do with. Does it have to be so porny, though? It's how mainstream we are about <laughs> body modification. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that resulted in me going to the cyberpunk uh, original RPG books for cyberpunk 2020. And you can definitely buy implants to change out your gender if you go full body mod. Oh, yeah. um, there's, what was it called mr stud and the <laughs> lovely lady packages that you can get for your organ. Like uh the yeah, play yeah. the play being package is that a is that a so, package so or is... there's, just, there's just a sense like there's a big outcry when the the only critic loud criticism was in the cyberpunk character creation is that you could only pick male or female mm. and my response is they're probably not showing all of their cards and you will probably probably be able to go to your ripper dock and swap out your gender with a body mod once you have the money for it 
Well, is I, my thinking. I want to know what Chroma Manicure, this drink there. Uh... Chroma Manticore. Sorry. Chromanticore. Chromanticore. Oh, it's a O. It's a pun it's on like chromatic us. and manticore. Oh, my Lord. They use our font for core. That's hilarious. That's oh, really? Yeah, that's our font. Hey, CD Projekt Red. We love your game. <laughs> that is totally our font. Put but anyway, game. Chroma All Manticore. Right. It, I want to know what's in that drink because I think it gave this lady a penis. That's what I think happened there. <laughs> I, I that's, a, that's a man. That's a no, man. No, I know it is. I they, know. They interviewed the artist and they were saying that the corporations are selling to, you know, the the hypersexualized market of the future, which is gender fluid. I think it's important to uh, roll it back for the super fun times you're all having. Um, <laughs> for Did a more measure. Something? For, did we do something more, illegal, John? For a more measured response, I think it's fair to say that this came up as a result of an article that's making its way around. CD Projekt Red has a, uh, a history that we have heard about from our own chat. We've had people in there who have said, I can't support this game. Um, they have a history of doing transphobic tweets. Mm -hmm. So when they see this, whereas a lot of people go, ah, it's a fun thing, you know, there's a lot of people that for them, you know, there's a history there, and this shows a sign of not growing up. So you, they did you, an interview with the artist who created yeah. the art behind it. Yeah. Um, and the artist said that she, her view for the art was very much that this is a person who is a beautiful person who is just like anybody in the world, but they're being exploited by a company based on their appearance. Oh, and interesting. The, the point of their art uh, and their view of it is very much this idea of you should be opposed to the corporations because of how they treat people as a commodity. Right. That was the statement she was going for. Right. All honestly reading, reading her story and reading what she was putting out there. Very interesting. Um, and a lot of stuff I agree with. I think that it's hard to be, it's hard to take a good measured stance on a social topic. If you're already in hot water for, yeah, basically doing the opposite i agree with you that. know yeah. it, it's hard to fight that hypocrisy now there's a problem with that which is does that mean they ignore it does that mean they're not allowed to ever talk about it is that a good solution i i don't necessarily think that's a great way to handle things either um but i i do think that for a world like cyberpunk where it is all about body modification and make the ideal version of yourself i think there's a lot of interesting things um, as it pertains to gender and self-image and all of that, that they could explore. And I, I hope they do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Bo said, the Cyberpunk 2020, that book gets into it. So I would imagine something coming out in this day and age, I would hope, also has interesting things to say about it. Yeah, the problem with all of this is, it for me, it's never anything to do. Like, I, the, uh, what you just said is the is a the perfect measured response. I, 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 and I think I agree with everything you just said. Um, but I'm like 12 and I just see a wiener, you know? So it's hard no. for me. It's hard for me because <laughs> I, I see that. I think we know most of your listeners. Because I that. see that and I just go, they gave her a boner. Like, to me, that's funny because wieners are funny. But the underlying issues, you're right. You're right about all that. I totally agree. And it'll, it'll be, you know, it's on them. It's going to be on them to straddle that, you know, like, in these worlds, what I what I really hope happens in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is that they adhere to this idea that the corporations of the future uh, are just the worst, and it's up to, you know, 
everybody who's got hacked eyeballs or whatever to go after him. Like that's what I want. Actually, they need to be true to be that. a woman with a boner. I think that's how even the artist who drew it presented it. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a dude, just a different like you know clothing and you know different signifiers of, of femininity. Well, it could be a still... trans dude, it but could it could be, be a... either. I guess it yeah. doesn't matter. I just think that drink <laughs> shouldn't give you. I don't think any drink. Like I don't want to go to the store right now and buy a new monster flavor and come home and find that I have a four-hour boner from the monster. I don't want uh, that. I, if hey CD Projekt Red, if you're sending out free swag, give me all of Scott's Chromanticore. <laughs> <laughs> But 16 flavors, what? I'd love to mix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. What are you going to do with it? But I don't want to. Don't yeah. I'm going to drink it. It's a drink. I know you're going to drink it. One of the, what else would I do with a drink? One of, the, one of the things that I think is important, though, and I will always do this. I want the world to know this. Chat From chat room down to the lonely listener in their car right now listening to this show or any shows that I do. Uh, I'm, first of all, happy to be called out for stuff that I say that's stupid. I have no problem with that. Um, and I'm happy to acknowledge when I've screwed up or whatever, but I think it's okay to talk about these issues. And I think it's okay that it's a room full of three heterosexual dudes doing it. I wish we had the perspective of somebody else at this very second. That would be awesome. I'd like to have more perspectives on everything that I do, but I'm not going to not have discussions about this stuff simply because it's uncomfortable for someone to, for us to do it. I think talking about things helps and broadens perspectives and makes people think about things and i know what it does me it makes me think about all kinds of things does that mean i'm gonna you know <laughs> not refer to that, uh what's his name Bartertown? town what's his name blaskowitz what's his name in the uh final fantasy talking about barrett 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 i may not i may <laughs> see barrett again and forget his name and call him something else i don't remember well, you his name the, the wolfenstein bj blaskowitz you're like <laughs> I just think it's funny. See, it's not just a racial thing. No. It's also a muscle thing. Yeah. So anyway, because we have a lot yeah. of trans listeners. We have a lot of people in the LGBTQ community who are who listen to, the, to a lot of the stuff I do, especially our morning show. And once in a while, I'm going to say something dumb. I probably have said 10 dumb things today. But at the end of the day, uh, I think talking about this stuff is important. I'm not ridiculing people, but, you know, you got to have some fun with it, too. And John's totally right, by the way, about all of this. So it's going to be hard if, if CD Projekt Red wants to take some high ground and try to make a statement that is that is pro-diversity and they've had this checkered past with diversity issues, that can come off as super not legit. But I think we have to at least see what they're going to do. You know, I can't judge it yet. I don't know. I, I think it's based on the source material. I, I haven't read the Witcher books, but it sounds like the guy who wrote the books is a bit of a... It wouldn't surprise me that that world that they've adhered to is very heteronormative. Yeah. And that's the game they made. And the person doing their social media, maybe just not a comedian. So when right. he makes those jokes, they don't come off well. And right. it gets conflated because everyone adores CD Projekt Red. So when they do stuff like that, it matters. It does matter. When they make, mis when they make misteps. It doesn't matter if Devolver makes a misstep. No, we already know their fix. CD Projekt Red does. Yeah. You know, that's the scale we're talking about. You have to admit, though, that that weird Devolver game with the freaking uh, giant blood entity thing that, that takes over the space station or whatever looks like fun. Have you seen that? I uh, I've, I've skipped through it. I still have to go back and watch it thoroughly. I, I was, it seems all right. I heard from not Patrick, not personally, but on the E3 coverage that it was good. And I had done the same as you and just sort of dismissed it as like, whatever, just it's Devolver. 
Yeah, they do <laughs> you know, their like, they the do their dumb. Stuff, but, yeah, they do their dumb uh, thing every year. This year was less dumb, and it was it was actually watchable. But but anyway, but in the case of this, like if if there if there is um close to the source material as I believe it, and it's heavily rumored that they are really going nuts and bolts on the role playing game to inform the game world. That mm-hmm. role playing game, unlike D anD D, okay, which has forgotten realms and Dragonlance. D&D has this neutral ground where it's just like, here's a bunch of rules for fantasy setting, make your own world. Cyberpunk isn't like that. It has a complete alternate history. Uh, there's a, I've been, I shopped, actually bought some more source books today. There is literally a book called The Fourth Corporate War. It's not called that, but it's just about the Fourth Corporate War. No adventure. There's some features and stuff in it, but it's basically just the history for you to know so that when you play the game, you understand what the Fourth Corporate War was and know why we got here. That's all going to be in this game. Like what's in those books is being distilled down to enrich this world. So I just feel like if they don't put this sort of gender fluidity into the game, having being so closely tied to body modification, because it's literally an operation you can get now that is body modification Mm -hmm. in today's world, Mm -hmm. it would be really tone deaf and and silly. So I think we're going to see a lot of that. Who knows if it'll be handled tastefully or not. But yeah and i don't know how don't much the source material like in its raw form the source material of cyberpunk is is considered oops why did that happen Hold on. i'm turning i'm not sure okay gosh yep, dang it. we're not none of us are sure yeah none of us are sure <laughs> we live in a world of i'm uncertainty. not sure i'm not sure, you <laughs> I'm not sure. This conversation. i hit that button wrong um but if they you know you know you know what i'm trying to say like if you go watch i don't know i'm trying to think of something that's a good example of this if you um, oh yeah! If you play like Mortal Kombat two, all the ladies are half naked and it's super sexist. That game, mm-hmm. it's a fun game, but you know, it, different I- different ideas about what you know what we do there. These days, you go play eleven, and the ladies have mostly more clothes on than some of the dudes do, and it seems. And some people are mad about that because they think that that's you know being too PC or social justice warrior or whatever all that shit is. But but. Uh, I see that sort of thing as progress. I'm curious, though, if there are things about cyberpunk that are Mortal Kombat 2 and could be more Mortal Kombat 11. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure there are. But yeah. I, I think that's, you know, they're creating a new book. You know, the cyberpunk 2020 is roughly what it's based on. But the guy who wrote that book and designed that baseline, he's doing a new a new RPG book for it as well. So I think a lot of things are going to get updated. We live in a different world, and I think it'll it'll get updated accordingly as well. We'll see. Like the, definitely the original books, going on the art alone, it's definitely like appeals to a hetero mindset. The dudes are dudes. They wear clothes. They have muscles. The ladies wear barely anything with chrome pieces. It's like heavy metal art. Yeah, like it is. It is that. So there would need to be some updating done. But and they may. They may. We don't know. Like we can't. Or they just lean into it and they say that's the art style of this world. But, yeah. but like, I, I, but no, that's sorry. their weird call to make. Right. You know, people are going to respond to it one way or another. You know, I think you look at Mortal Kombat, and I would say even as far as Mortal Kombat Ten, some of the ladies that were in that game did not look like women. You wondered if the people who modeled them had ever seen a woman. You're like, <laughs> that's just, that's not. They they look like live field drawings come to life, and you're yeah. like. <laughs> it's human-esque yeah 
Oh, but I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure that this is hitting what a human being structurally looks like. You mean and that it's an over sexualized woman and not the other? Not way not even that. Sometimes you just look at them and you're like, well, I see that you. It's like somebody took a list and said, what are appealing features of a person? And they wrote down the list. And so they just individually modeled all the pieces of that thing mm. and put it together. But the end result was a chimera. Yeah, kind of a like, weird that, stack. Yeah, I agree. It's not as bad in 10. It's mostly nine, I think, that I'm thinking of. But you look at, I, I think Sonya stood out in my mind in that game as like, oh my gosh, this is not what a person looks like. This 11's a huge improvement in that, in that department as far as I'm concerned. Character design across the board is really good in there. But um, it, it, I, the only other thing I would say about this is uh, I, you know, sometimes, like if you watch Deadwood, you are going to get a depiction of a time where that stuff was different, right? So yeah. you... You know that going in, you're like, all right, well, this is the 1800s. Uh, women couldn't even vote at this stage and were treated terribly. And a lot of them in the, that show in particular were prostitutes. And it was just sort of this default status for these women. And once in a while, a strong woman would come along, but they always had to come from money. Like, there's that stuff in there. But when you watch Deadwood, you don't go, ah, oh, these producers, they were so sexist. What you're supposed to think, I think, anyway, is, oh, these guys are depicting a time that should shock us a little bit. Some of the social mores should, should shock us and make us realize how much progress we have made. So whether or not cyberpunk to now throw it back to that, whether or not it gets, it gets to do that or not, or if it gets to just go all in on whatever the exploitation is. And it could be men for all I know. I don't know what I've never played cyberpunk. I just admire it from afar as a, as a world I want to, you know, fiddle around in. So I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm really excited about it. That game looks amazing. Oh, my gosh, dude. Do you guys... Oh, here's the thing for you. And, John, I think I said this while we watched it. I think that game should be third person. I don't want first person. Cyberpunk? Yes. No, no. So they said in that original... uh, In the original, like, E3 demo that they put out and walked through that they went with first person because they felt scale of the world was extremely important and you lose scale in third person. Mm -hmm. And I'm inclined to agree. There is something about looking up and looking around that really you're just like, oh, gosh, I'm deep in this world. I'm a part of it. And I I can see them going with that for that scale. I have read some people who played it who said, sounds like maybe the whole first person thing is making for some weird combat, but they've got plenty of time to iron that out. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of glad it's first person personally. I could be I'll, totally I'll, turned on it. I just feel like that generally. Like I'll, I'll admit to wishing that was true of every game because <laughs> I'm, I'm I much preferred the third person perspective over the years. It used to be only like first person when it came to a lot of game types and genres and open worlds and things like that. But I've come around to this idea of I want to see my character. I want to spin around them. I want to see what's happening behind them. Like I want to have I that control. Think you'll be able to do that in the whatever their version of the um, option screen is for your character, just mm. like Witcher Three, and also the cutscenes that we've seen show your character. So while that you progress around the game in third person, it, I don't think it's going to be a case of you're constantly in third person. I'd even imagine in certain dialogue scenarios, you might even see your character. Certainly, like there's that one part after. Um, 
where you go to bed, you go on a bender for a few days, mm-hmm. and then you wake up and you see your character V walking around the apartment, telling that guy to get out and put your clothes on and stuff. I think they're, I think they're gonna have a sensibility about it, especially because it is a body mod game. So seeing the coolness of your character is going to matter. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this: Witcher Three is a great game. But if we had to measure greatness of a game based on, oh, I don't know, the gameplay itself, mm. which is would be a big F for me. Oh, it's the, pretty. The, the, the sword combat's not that, great. Yeah, it's not, not great. like it's not. There's definitely a lot worse. Oh, yeah. It's definitely polished, but it's not great. It's right. not great. So I'm kind of happy to see them try something a little new. Because I definitely don't want what was in Witcher Three uh, in any shape or form in this game. Uh, so that's I my agree. Yeah, I don't. I think that's a good point, and in, and that is in favor of shooting. If the shooting feels good and and the that angle, even the melee feels good, then I'm I'm totally fine. I might say like if you're in a non-combat situation, yeah. and the game's never really done that, have they? Where like you're in a non-combat situation, so you're intensely in third person, and then you go to your mission, and then you're in first person. Yeah. I don't think you've ever seen a game fully embrace that. Is there any examples of that? Um, hmm. I don't I think so. Like, I think in some games where you're in, you're just walking through a section, you might go to third person. I'm trying to think if there's a game like that. Well, um, there's a... Um, oh, no, that's not... I was thinking of Skyrim, but it was just bad third person. That was just a bad option. I'm yeah, just, you can't play that third person. But it does give you the option to look at your character and yeah. take screenshots and do all the stuff that you kind of were talking about. Yeah. So... So maybe they'll have that in this game. Maybe you will be able to third person it for for some sweet screenshots. Uh, given how much this is a future tech game, they should put some kind of you know social media links into this thing. Uh, they have it in Rage Two. There's actually a photo mode in Rage Two, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do it in that game. So why not here? I like photo modes. They have that Mad yeah. Max as well. They probably just carry it over that developer Avalanche. Yeah. But but to get back, I have a tinfoil hat thing to do. Do it. Um, I know we've kind of moved on to CD Projekt Red, which is great. Sorry, I had to have the music for your tinfoil. Hat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we were talking about you know initially from the jump remakes, right? Mm-hmm. Why make Resident Evil Eight when you can make Resident Evil Two again because it's a game everyone loves and just make it better and reinterpret it for a new thing. Uh, that when I was thinking about putting this topic in, I was also thinking about. World of Warcraft. Whoa. Uh-oh. So World of Warcraft, I think often about I really need a new World of Warcraft. Scott, you've been saying a lot. You've been playing ESO. Yeah. You've been feeling the pull of next generation MMO. There's a sense in the sea that I think that you know we might not get it for a long time, but I think everyone would be ready for a reimagined Azeroth. Mm. But there's no MMO of World of Warcraft stature and success uh that's ever existed before and the examples that they can have of mmo sequels don't make the future look bright or they're coming from really humble beginnings so it's kind of okay so i'd be scared to make world of warcraft too and i what i would want to do i think if i were them is just make world of Warcraft, like make the next world of warcraft just called world of warcraft I think and you are on to something here because you na- name and, a, name an MMO that had a sequel that didn't crash and burn almost right. immediately. And name a, like you'll alienate audiences. They'll be like, I don't want a new World of Warcraft. I'm happy with Legion. Yeah. I'm happy with Classic. Yeah. So the tinfoil hat theory is that Classic is not just to pander to those people who want the original thing. Mm. I think it is a test market for the next World of Warcraft. Ooh, interesting. Right now we exist in a world, well, so soon, 
where we've got two World of Warcrafts. Even right now, everyone's talking about how. What do we name them? One's retail, one's classic. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? What if they put a third one on that launcher? Like, how many times do we want to level five or ten levels? Wouldn't you just love to have a new experience in Azeroth? Yeah. Why would they call it two? It'd be the worst title in the world. But why would they call it anything else? So I think next, I think classic is to kind of test the test this out like the idea that there are concurrent world of warcrafts that exist alongside each other and that depending on the results of what happens here because it sounds like a lot of people are really enjoying classic uh as as well it sounds like there'll be an audience for it for sure then what if classic becomes retail and they just re-release that for people want to stick around and then new world of warcraft is just world of warcraft it all becomes classic basically how would you um yeah, I, you guys, I know what would fix World of Warcraft right this second. I have the answer. You ready? Okay. This is, this is good. I didn't know we were going to solve loot this boxes, today. Loot boxes. Nope, no loot boxes. Here's how you solve it. Ray tracing. Put that in your World of Warcraft. <laughs> you I know, but... <laughs> it would be <laughs> amazing. It would be amazing. It would be so good. You have no idea how cool that would look Absolutely. in that world. I would love a 2019 gen graphics World of Warcraft. I'd be in. I'd quit all other games. I'd be playing that World of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> Rusty Nails predicted sure. what I was going to say in the chat. <laughs> nice job, Rusty Nails. You the win. Boxes and Ray Tracing. Yes. Knew it. We knew it. Both are coming. Uh, I think the worst part about World of Warcraft is how it plays. I think it has, I think it has huh? aged pretty gracefully overall. I think the part of it that has not aged gracefully is playing it. I, I'm at a point now where I'm still 100% invested in that story, 100% invested in the world, 100% invested in the characters. I love loot. Okay. I love mounts. I love pets. I love all these things. And I'm not playing that much WoW because at the end of the day, I just don't think it's that fun to play. Yeah. I've gone off and I've killed the X number of things and I've right-clicked the X number of things and I've escorted the guy from A to B, and I've done it enough times that that gameplay is not fresh or exciting to me, and it hasn't evolved with the rest of the game. Yeah. And so I'm actually super down with your idea, Bo, because I I love World of Warcraft. I love Azeroth. I love that world. I would love to have more adventures there, but I need a gameplay update, and I don't know if that's something that they can take their current audience and subject them to. Yeah, you know, well, it's, it's they, really well, hard to both. say we're going to well, force you to do this, and that's why mm. your your pitch of well, hey, leave it for them and invent something else. I kind of dig that idea. I do too. I I, like I, I I think that I mean, remember, Titan was going to effectively do this. Now it wasn't Azeroth, which is your point, right? Like we want to, mm. we want react, we want Azeroth reimagined, and I'm with you a thousand percent. But, uh, percent, but what what Titan was to bring to the table was a whole new way of playing MMOs that wasn't select a dude rotate through your cooldowns select a dude and do the same thing over and over and pretend you just picked up a rock and a guy needs it like moving past all of that i would be totally down with azeroth getting something even if it's just like a squad based like, whatever just a different take but even just world. like just new world like people like baron's chat they like stormwind they like ogremar they like all the things that are in there they still like but we can, you know, arguably anyone who's played Final Fantasy VII shouldn't want to play Final Fantasy VII Remake. You guys shouldn't be enjoying Resident Evil 2. You've experienced it already. Why would you want to play it again? And yet, it's 
it sounds to me like you're both very very much enjoying it. New Doom was great. Why wouldn't we enjoy a reimagined Eastern Kingdoms and um, what's the other side called? Uh, Kalimdor. Kalimdor, thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> a new Kalimdor and new Eastern Kingdoms. Just reimagine, just new, just mm-hmm. and whatever they felt like doing. You don't have to have extra zones or other worlds. It could be a new story in the future. It could be the same characters. But but something that's just no, this is just still World of Warcraft. When we the title card goes up, it's just World of Warcraft. Yeah. And there's a world where you can still play the old one, but the new one isn't part two. The new one is a remake, essentially. Well, I've said and and I stand by this hundred percent. I think the best version of Azeroth is Hearthstone Azeroth. Yeah. As weird as it is to say, it breathes that is a lot an Azeroth of life. that has a ton of character, a ton mm. of charm, a ton of personality. Cities rise up where there weren't cities before the world evolves. Like, and that art style is also, I mean, I would love for WoW to look like that because that I love the way their trailers and all of that just look. And if they could capture that, that would be amazing. Totally agree. But the, the Hearthstone Azeroth, I love. You can keep a game and just two continents as long as you're willing to evolve the world and tell cool stories there and make it a place people want to be. Yeah, I, I Anyways, agree. That was my tinfoil hat theory is that Classic is just all about actually the new world of Warcraft and not about Classic at all. There you go. That finishes well, I like our segment, segment. today. I, I have a segment. I'm so proud. Yeah, you I'm should be happy. proud. Thank it's you. an awesome one. Um, all right. Well, with that, let's move to this. So, big takeaways from E3 this year. Games that surprised us, disappointed us. The games we're most excited about. We probably should run through some of this. I feel like I have spent a week doing this. And I have, have. like 12 hours of this. So, it's kind of kind of weird. But my biggest takeaway from the show is this. If I can put this in simple terms. Um, I had to have a bit of a perspective shift during the early part of the conferences. Because... I came into 2019 thinking, oh, Sony's not even here. Microsoft's going to take advantage of this, and they are going to announce new hardware, show that hardware, show games playing on that hardware, the new controller. Like, we're going to go all in here. More about xCloud, blah, blah, blah. Across the board, it was going to be huge. And that is not what happened. And instead of being disappointed, it forced me to go, no, wait a minute, what am I actually expecting? And what I should have expected was exactly what they did. They're teasing what's coming, and next it's next year that where this pops off. Next year is all about everything freaking out over new hardware. That's the transition year. And this is just not that. This is long tail year. This is great games at the end of a generation. And we should all still be excited about them. And But not expect earth-shattering stuff. Because if you've got anything in your portfolio that's earth-shattering, you're saving it for next year. You're not showing it off this year. So that's my general takeaway from the show there were lots of high points for me. Um, I forgot to put it in this list, but of all the games I'm most excited about, uh, if they can pull it off, and if it's as interesting as it looks, uh, Watchdog Legion could be Watchdogs Legion rather could be amazing if yeah. they can do that thing right. And I, it's very ambitious, and I have no reason to think they can't. But it's uh, it's a high watermark for what they're planning versus what we may get. So I. I'm very excited about that. But as far as like known quantities, like stuff I'm absolutely going to play on day one, it's Cyberpunk 2077, easy. Uh, oddly enough for me, Animal Crossing is huge on my list. <laughs> Animal Crossing's great. I love Animal Crossing so much, it's ridiculous. And um, I'm very much looking forward to a mainline sequel in that regard. And they they delayed it, which sucks, but next March I will be playing that. 
Um, other games we've talked about like Doom and stuff, but the the things I'm most excited about are things I can do pretty quick here or right now. I got the Xbox PC Game Pass immediately. It was only a buck for the first month, four ninety nine during the beta period, and it's basically you know what you get with uh, or uh, Origins ac- Access, whatever that's called. What do we call it when we were playing? Uh, or we were tr- trying to Access. EA Access, yeah. Yeah. It has an Origins name in it, though, for the PC. EA Origins, EA Access oh. Origins. Uh, Origin is the name of the platform. Right, no, I know that, but I think Origins in the name of the, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. Origin Presents EA <laughs> All Access. There you go. <laughs> but I like that um, that service idea, and I'm into it. I really like that Ubisoft's getting into it. I'm not sure about pricing yet, but I still think it's a pretty good deal. Anyway, I got the Xbox One, and now I'm getting to play games that I have been just like shrugging off for years because I didn't have an Xbox One and had no reason to invest and enjoying the hell out of them, out of them which we'll get to here in a minute when we talk about what we've been playing. But I'm excited about services like that and specifically PC crossover stuff. I think that's great. Um, but the big one is, again, a known quantity. It's coming out in September, and it's all I can think about, and that's Link's Awakening, that remake thing on the Switch. I want that so bad I can barely stand looking it, at myself in the mirror it like, looks incredible the oh. fact that they're doing just little dioramas for everything mm. um i that's already one of my favorite zelda games and it's it just looks adorable it, i want to buy an amiibo because of that game i know <laughs> i saw that amiibo and i went i bet john wants that amiibo i do yeah i don't and the thing is is that art style art also kind of harkens back to the art style of those like the old instruction manuals for the Zelda game. And Mm -hmm. there's something about the way they drew the characters and all of that in those old books that I just really liked. And eventually the art style went a little different, but that, that old classic uh, manual for legend of Zelda and uh, adventures of link and all of that. I really love the look of, of all that art. And this is reminiscent of it. It's cutesy version of that. Yeah. And it just, it's just a cool, tilt shifted looking view of everything and it's just so up my alley i can barely stand waiting for it so that's the thing i'm excited about and there's lots of little other ones like of course i'm excited about Baldur's gate 3 but guess what we know exactly squat about it at the pc gaming show they talked about nothing they got up there to say about it Baldur's gate 3 okay very very good yeah that's it and this is an amazing studio who have made incredible games before and they're 100 the people who should be making this like, no problems. I'm 100% getting that game whenever it comes out. We're way too ahead of that ball. And they didn't say anything. I got anything. the impression, like, that this deal was sealed, like, in the weeks leading up. Not the weeks, because obviously the CG, CG trailer had to take some time to make. But it didn't. This It feels like a fresh relationship to me. Yeah. Well, the way they tell the story is they pitched it originally before Divinity right, right. 2. Or Divinity no, 2. Sorry. I mean, it's been out for a little while, but not that long. Original you know. Sin 2, I guess. But they pitched it before that. They said no. So then they went and made that sequel, and it was so good. They went back to them and said, okay, how about now? Okay, yeah, we trust you guys to do this. So supposedly that's the deal. Whatever. I don't expect to see anything next year. Either. Oh, not like, even. I, I, yeah. No I way. feel like this is. Like, we'll probably hear about that Divinity Tactics game before we hear about more Baldur's Gate. Yeah, which bums me out, but also I am excited about it. Like, I won't lie, but it, yeah. that thing's far off. Uh, I'm like... That that trailer was already a step up from the normal Larian business. They don't usually do not known for big CG trailers. No, so. no, their stuff They're is spending that money. <laughs> their stuff's pretty low rent when it comes to that presentation. But that thing looked cool. Mind yeah. flayers, man, that's cool stuff. 
Uh, John, uh, our lists are similar, but uh, you've got more than I do. What are you? Uh, what are you looking forward to? Yeah. So the things that really caught my eye that I'm excited about, obviously, Cyberpunk 2077. You said Watch Dogs Legion. That's one of the few games that we actually got a, you know, all demos for E3 are somewhat crafted for E3, but we actually got a, here's how we anticipate the gameplay looking. Mm -hmm. We didn't see a lot of that. Most of the games were just like, here's a cinematic, and it's like, okay, looks cool, don't know what it is, and that's probably why a lot of things actually aren't on my list, because I thought plenty looked cool, but, you know, like, Blair Witch looked creepy, but what is that game? I mean, all they showed me was creepy stuff. Yeah. Uh, you Spooky. know, Gears yeah. of War five decided to just do a Billy Ellish music video. Like, I don't, I don't know what all these things are. You have to actually show the game where I'm just like, okay, that was a cool cinematic. I don't know anything about it. Uh, Doom Eternal. I, I cannot wait. That game looks amazing. Really I does. also signed up for the PC pass and I, I threw on here kind of as an off thought, um, that outer worlds game, the more I read up about that after the fact, uh, sounds really good, and Scott, I think it might end up being one for you because everybody I've heard talking about it is drawing comparisons to Fallout New Vegas. Oh, interesting. I am getting that vibe a little bit. I'm playing it. Um, I still not sure. Well, we'll talk about this in a sec. Maybe more. No, in depth, you're but... thinking. You're thinking Outer Wilds. Oh, I'm this thinking Outer, Outer Wilds. Wilds. Sorry, Outer Worlds. No, I'm sorry. The As one that turns yeah. out, Scott, yeah. there are two games coming out with nearly the exact <laughs> same title, and it's incredibly confusing. It totally is. All right, Outer Worlds is the one from the dudes. What made New Vegas? That's them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I can't think of the name all of a sudden. Everyone loves them. Uh, they made a million other things. Obsidian. Uh, Obsidian Entertainment. Uh, yeah, I am excited about that. I guess I just need them to show. I mean, they just showed another trailer, and that's cool. But there's a lot of stuff to look at right now. You yeah. can't look yeah. at all of it at the same time. That's the case with Outer Wilds. That's on my like. You know what? I'm blocking this out because it's not shining <laughs> enough light to shine in on the other stuff. Mm -hmm. you, it you might, might be hear about it in a few <laughs> but, minutes. Yeah, in a couple minutes, yeah. you'll hear what that thing's like. Stuff the only say. things, the only other things I wanted, kind of. I want to acknowledge them because it's the things that I want to like, and it's the stuff I'm going to follow, but I would say they're the things that disappointed me. Yeah. Uh, was the new Star Wars game. I actually, as, as big a Star Wars fan as I am, could not get excited for it. Uh, the Avengers game that was all we were talking about through most of the Square Enix panel kind of came and went with a, a dull, wet thud. You know what that, yeah. just to, because I'm probably not going to talk about it after this, but that trailer actively makes me want to be mean to it and make fun of it. And I don't want to do it because, you know, you don't pick on people. I'm a mature adult. But when I see that trailer, I'm like, I'm just tempted to keep finding crappy things to say about it. Like, that's I my physical reaction. I don't mind the trailer and I don't even mind what they're describing. What I mind is that we still don't it know what like that plays like. Hair for hair. Well, <laughs> we don't know. We have no idea what this plays like, what this is. Like, we think it's sort of, in the long haul, a Destiny-type game, but maybe in the short term, more of a, a, a weird campaign. And then they've got plans to add new heroes, but what do you actually do? And in the game, and the stuff they showed, that wasn't gameplay. That was all rendered shit. So we don't have any idea how this actually plays or how dynamic each character feels or... Like, it just felt like this is still a concept, and they're not really, they don't have a game yet. Yeah, and that was one you really needed to see the gameplay on, because the game does look oddly old. 
Like if, yeah. if this had been a video that came out with the announcement of the PlayStation 4, you'd be like, okay, that looks all right. I can see why that's a PS3 to PS4 kind of era game right there. But it looks, it didn't look great. And then on top of that, maybe, but that's not, maybe not a big deal. Like if the game's big high up perspective and you're not right in there looking at Thor's weird facial hair, you're <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's not the end of the world. Maybe they can exaggerate those things. You know, it's like an RTS game. It doesn't matter that the model's kind of janky. You're going to be up above it, mm -hmm. but we don't know because we didn't see any of the gameplay. So, right. uh, you know, and obviously they're adding more characters. That's also a problem for me because there's no way that I, I'm sure they're going to put Spider-Man in the game and I'm sure it's only going to be on PS4. And that's because oh, they have that that, that, that deal. <laughs> yeah, that's so the a character I would want to play. Probably not going to be on the console I want to play it on. Well, you could end up um, with Wolverine on there. You know, that's possible because yeah. all that Fox stuff is back to Disney now. So yeah, they can do whatever they want. I'm a little surprised they didn't uh, launch it with one of those, but whatever. Fine. And I also was a little disappointed. I, you know, there was a lot of hype behind what what is Microsoft going to do? What is Microsoft going to do? And I kind of feel like even though they weren't really there, Sony still kind of managed to eat their lunch a little bit by getting out there and talking about their new console and saying, yeah, we're going to really improve load times and it's going to be a powerful console. So that when Microsoft got up there and said, yeah, we're really going to improve load times and it's going to be a more powerful console, you went, great. So it's going to be just a crapshoot when you guys finally show this. You had the floor and you didn't really do a whole lot with it. Yeah. So will neither new console not play Anthem? Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, would you mean Anthem? Oh, I get it. If I they're promising no load screens, that means they're like they're not putting <laughs> Anthem on the new console. That's saying no load screens. That, Short load screens. <laughs> there's no develop. There's no console maker in the world that can fix that. That was a deep cut. I liked where you went with that. That was really good. That was, really like good. That. That was vicious. Yeah, I uh, with you on the Microsoft disappointment. But like I say, my it's it is weird to get solo stage for the second biggest console provider person job deal, and then not explode with something. And they just didn't explode with anything. It was just kind of. Oh, and can I talk about the number one trend I want to end at these things? Here's yes. what I want to end. I know what this we is. We know how much gamers love to game and how important it is for you gamers to have friends and be gamers. We here at, insert company name, agree that gaming with the gamers is the gamer gamer game game. Like, stop it with that. It's platitude and shitty. We know why we game. We get that we can all be together. You don't have to do this. You don't have to get up there every time and go, our gamers know how much it matters for them to game. Stop. It sucks. Can I give, can I give mine? Mine's such a small, petty thing. Yes, though. go ahead. You already know it. We talked about it on one of the streams. I hate Ends. when they end a cinematic uh, trailer with, the, and they do the logo. So it's like, oh, here's the thing. Logo. And then they cut back and they show a little tease of like something else, a little extra game footage yeah. that maybe meant something back when they first started doing this. <laughs> but now nobody knows why they do it. They just know that that's what trailers do. And so none of them make sense anymore. And it's like there was one where it was a door opening and people going, huh? And it's like, we don't know anything about these characters or the door or the white light they're looking at. Why is this like a cool moment after your trailer? The Banjo-Kazooie reveal on uh, for them being in Smash Brothers yeah. literally has a moment. They go, they go, 
Super Smash Brothers plus Banjo-Kazooie. And then it cuts to a, a Venusaur sleeping and Banjo sneaks up and takes pancakes and then runs away and the Venusaur wakes up and chases him. Yeah. What the hell did you do that for? That didn't do anything. No, and it took work and time and it's just a weird thing. Like, I kind of like when the Japanese developers do it because it's really nonsense for me because I don't understand the connections or this is an RPG I've never seen before or there's some cultural thing I'm missing. I kind of like that because it's weird or it feels weird. But when I see something I'm totally familiar with the material and they do one of those things, I'm just like, guys, you're not the end of the Avengers trailer where Iron Man makes some joke about the Hulk's big butt or whatever. You don't have to do this in video games. Like, stop that. 100% agree. Bo, what's your big beef? <laughs> oh, it's the Avengers trailer. It's like, a- <laughs> you should just shoot that thing in outer space. <laughs> It's bad, you guys. You guys have too much goodwill. They need to know what they've worked on is bad, and they need to fix it. Yeah. And Kevin Feige is probably shitting bricks right now, because he's like, you're making my franchise look bad. Like, we're conditioned now for Marvel stuff to be pretty epic. And yes, I know there's smaller Marvel games, and it doesn't have to be epic. It's fine. But this thing was kind of touted as, like, the Avengers game, and it's looking like DC universe, uh, Marvel DC movie universe over here with that, that game. They, they need, that has to be top tier. Both the star Wars one and this one have to be top tier and they're half ass in it, but that's movie franchise video games. So really. I do, I do like that. And John informed me that it was not in there to begin with, but I like that the dialogue in final fantasy seven remake is terrible. I want that to be as bad as humanly possible. So if whatever that translation is, whoever bad actors they I hired. I didn't say it was terrible. I said it was too much. Too much talking, too I, much chatter. I feel like, so, okay, this is a whole other thing. But the, when they announced that they were going to do this, people were like, how are they going to remake Final Fantasy VII? There's so much dialogue. It would all have to be voiced. That's going to be a lot more space than used to take up before. That's too much dialogue. Oh, my gosh. What are they going to do? Or as Scott would say, what am I to do? What am I to do? <laughs> what am I to do? And <laughs> so. It's like go around the table or whatever the so hell going they on So they seem really concerned about the dialogue. And then they show the scene where they're fighting a boss. And through the entire thing, what do you want to do, Cloud? I don't know, Barrett. Maybe we should hide behind some cover. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Oops, they broke it. I don't believe it. Yeah, we should go fight him now. Okay, I'll distract him. You hit him. All right, we should do that. Okay, I'm hitting him. Oh, look out. He's going to do a move. Uh Uh-oh, that looks pretty serious. It's like, shut up. Fight him. I think at one point he said shit, too. Yeah, he did say shit. (laughs) probably yeah every game swears now that's just the rule but what i liked about that is how poorly it's it's very bad acting so i'm in on that though i'm fine with it like you have as much bad acting as that final fantasy thing can handle because i don't want it to be well made like one of my big disappointments there there is a there is a bit of the in the the voice actor for bear like i'm the black dude i thought I talk like this. Yeah. You going to get over there and I'm going to do this. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it's pretty. It's I'm pretty like, out well, there. it is, you know, Japanese stuff. They tend to be a little more caricature-y. Yeah, which is what I want. I want them to be yeah. as stupid yeah. as possible. I wanted RE2 to be. Le- it's it, Here's the problem with Resident Evil 2 as far as I'm concerned. It's really well voiced. It's incredibly well made that way. Like the, the production value on that game is awesome. It was not in 1998. So I'm not saying they had to adhere to it, and maybe I don't really want this, but I like bad, cheesy Japanese game dialogue. 
Or else uh, we'll never get to Breaker Man. Maybe it's in the radar room. Yeah, maybe it's uh, that guy'd be great. Uh, we'll, let's we'll get, get him those back. gems if everything's perfect all the time. No, let's let's just play him. No, we have to play him in emails. No, I'm not playing him yet. The thing we'll say about Avengers, they did get a talented cast together. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, I wouldn't be happy about being on that cast, seeing what I saw in that trailer. So we saw about, yeah, that cast is good. But we saw, we so we talked about most of these other games. Bo, you have one in here that's unique. You have the new Ori and the blind monkey or whatever. What's, what's yeah, it called? Yeah, uh, well, this one's the Will of the Wisps or something Will like that. Of the but Wisps. the last one was Ori and the Blind Forest, which right. looked interesting. It looked graphically one of those games where they go to town on the arc. Yeah, and it was beautiful. I, I kind of missed it playing. So I, I think I, I do own Ori. I just never played it. You should play it. It made my daughter. I own a lot of games that I do not play. Time is important. But made my daughter the, cry. The first five minutes that game made her cry. Oh, yeah, you should play that it. sounds interesting. Because yeah. the trailer, like, they just showed what looked like the startup of a bunch of boss fights. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the art and animation on this is absolutely killer. Yeah, what is this it's game? It's a beautiful game. I was yeah. like, oh, it's another Ori game. I've seen nothing but positive things. It's a Metroidvania. Sign mm-hmm. me up. So... Uh, yeah, I was like, I looked at that. And I'm like, wow, that this barely got any screen time. This thing looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm really, I'm kind of stoked to play Ori, even yeah. the first one. You should give it a shot. And it's, I'm with yeah. you on all the rest. CD Cyberpunk obviously stole the show. We didn't really talk about Keanu. That oh was, right, <laughs> that was pretty mind blowing. Uh, <laughs> we're at the stage now where what's blowing our mind is the amount of uh, uh, porn that'll be made with <laughs> Keanu Reeves' body model. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. That's not that's the future. Not, yeah, it is not. the future. He has no idea. By the way, I read an interview today where they were talking to him about all the stuff he's got going on, and he had no idea that there was all this like internet love for him right now. Like he didn't doesn't really follow that stuff, doesn't have Twitter, doesn't do any of that. And he was like, Whoa, that's crazy. I had no idea this is any of this was a big deal. <laughs> he's just kind of doing his job and you know, like Keanu does. That guy's yeah, great. Uh, I that, mean he's that was a time training. Genuinely delightful moment. Uh, between him and the and the Japanese artist slash game runner, I forgot her name. I always forget it. But she showed up at the Bethesda uh, thing, which was otherwise kind right. of boring. She, she was she was great she was too. great. I want her to run everything and be at everything and present everything. She was wonderful. Love that. Yeah, uh, she was she was great. She was yeah. great. Yeah. I don't I don't think we want a full two hours of that. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's best in small doses. <laughs> I think but... it, it was great. It was adorable. She seems like a great person. It was great. Yeah. I'd want to they, spend... I think everyone takes their love and wants to have the hottest, exaggeratedest take. But I'm like, I don't want to watch that for two hours. <laughs> I don't even want to watch it for 10. Yeah. It was good at two minutes. It was yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm actually super... At first, I was kind of like, oh, no, about Keanu. But then... I was like, oh, yeah, about Keanu. No, sure. he's great. He's great. It, and he's, he, 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 well, he, the other great. thing, and I, you didn't really mention the other coverage, but I feel like he is the person with the most lead roles in cyberpunk films. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, he, it, that, that would be why I picked him, not because he's hot right now. I think that's just luck, honestly. I, I don't know that CD Projekt Red, you know, had any inkling about when John Wick 3 was going to be released or what, how that was going to turn out. But, um, he was in the Matrix movies. He was in a Scanner Darkly, which is a, based on Philip K. Dick, which is, yeah. uh, to me, that's a cyberpunk story. Uh, it and, absolutely is. So uh, um, uh, Johnny Mnemonic. And then he's in Johnny Mnemonic. Yep. Certainly, there's going to be references to all these things in the game. I think his character's sure. name is Johnny. Oh, in it's this Johnny game? Mnemonic. In, <laughs> in no, this... he's Johnny Silverhand. Oh, Johnny Silverhand, Silverhand actually had one of the rule books um, for Cyberpunk 2020. 
the weapons book is called, I believe it's called Silver Hands. Oh no, that's Black Hands Weapons. I've heard of Silver Hand before though. He's a legend uh, yeah. that's in the lore of the role-playing game. And um, <laughs> yeah, so this is great. He's not just playing any old NPC. He's playing like a critical NPC in the cyberpunk lore that was pre-existing. It sounds so, like a name you'd find in there will be dungeons. I could hear Bo naming somebody Joey Sim- Silverhand. Yeah, or jo- Joey yeah. Dirty Hands or whatever. Some of the name. Why like is he that. called Johnny Silverhand? Well, his hand is silver. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. No, he's just yeah, he's just great. So I'm just I'm really I think this is a perfect fit. They got the cyberpunk guy to play a lead role in their cyberpunk game. I hadn't even considered that until you just said it. That's even a, even more reason to be excited. Who, who has been that. in more cyberpunk films? Nobody. That's the answer. Nobody. There aren't very many cyberpunk films, and he just ended up being in all of them. So, yeah, uh, except maybe the Blade Runner ones. That's about it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Those are I forgot about that. But Harrison Ford ain't going to be in your uh, video game. He's like, "F <laughs> F you, video games belong in a museum, Dad." Is what he'd say. <laughs> all right, here's here's yep. this. Let's talk about what we're playing real quick, John. Let's talk about Outer Wilds for a second. This is not to be confused yeah. with Outer Worlds. Um, it is a weird game, but super compelling. I don't know mm-hmm. quite how to describe it, but basically you're this alien living on a small planet and you got a no f- man's sky meets mist kind of meets, um, uh, groundhog day, I guess yeah, a little bit of that. Cause every 20 minutes in game time, the, the sun goes supernova and you've you die and you come back and you've got Wait, to go. Wait, is that true? Oh, it is. I haven't gone twenty true. minutes yet. Yeah. Okay. It is. So here's the thing. Yeah. I have a question for yeah. you, Scott, yeah. that maybe you can answer for me, and All maybe right. this is a part of it. All right. I have not had a lot of time to play it. I've okay. had only very little, limited bits of time to play this game. Yeah. I don't know how to save my game. Every time I start it, it the only option is new game. And I do know about a mechanic. I don't know how much we should spoil because it is very story-based. But I do know about a mechanic where, like, theoretically, you're going to die in that game. You're going to die plenty. Yeah. Um, and that that kind of moves things along. Is that how the game saves is by death? Or is there actually a way to save your progress? So there is a way to save your progress, but not really. Um, have you been through – have you done your first launch yet? Have you launched yeah. your ship? Okay. And that means you've looked into that, let's call it a statue that happened. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That moment recorded your whole life up to that moment. Well, and I thought so, but then I had to start the, I quit, I quit the game and it was like, Hey, you know, you're, this is, you're gonna lose all your progress. I said, okay. And the next time I went in, I still didn't, I still had to go around and talk to everybody and get the stupid launch codes and all of Are that. Are you sure you don't already have the launch codes? You sure you don't have them already? Because it should I, just send you right back. I can go like in my game, I just go up the tower and I'm back in my ship. So I don't okay. have to go around. I'm gonna and have do to. It. I'm gonna have to try. And that. when you and when you spawn there, first of all, you're looking up at the planet you were just at, and you see a big explosion, and you're not sure what the hell that is. And then you look down, yeah. and your buddy's roasting marshmallows over there. Mm-hmm. To him, it's exactly the same time again. Like he doesn't know that you've gone on an adventure um, because right. time has been reset. So it's like that episode of Star Trek Next Generation where the ship just keeps exploding and they have to figure out a way to make it not explode the final time. I have a feeling that that's basically the premise here. Um, I'm not that far in either, but every 20 minutes of actual game time, that that entire universe is destroyed and you are back at that place, but you don't need your codes again. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, this game's so good. It's, it's really so interesting. Very it's weird. Extremely creepy, and I like it. It's, I like it a lot. It's both creepy and also kind of whimsical at the same time, which I think is hard to do. Yeah. That's a really hard mix. And it has this feeling of unknownness and you gotta translate weird runes on these planets and your your suit got torn, you gotta fix it because you poked a hole in it because a cactus came too close to you or whatever. Like <laughs> this sounds like a bunch of random shite and it is, but it's so far very interesting. It's like a little bit of mist, a little bit of no man's sky, a little bit of I don't even know what to compare it to. It's just an odd odd thing and that groundhog day aspect is is still really interesting to me so now i'm like okay i got 20 minutes i haven't tried that moon let's go to that moon let's get a clue here and as you undo these or you know unearth these clues you start to go oh okay i don't even have to come here next time i'll just go straight to that planet and do this thing and i'm not cheating at all i'm not reading any guides the game is supposed to just give you these hints and these clues that will just kind of help you in your next run I wasn't sure I was going to feel about that because, you know, I don't like timers. Big, big anti-timer guy. Yeah. This game is literally based on a 20-minute repeating timer, but it's working mm-hmm. for me somehow. So, mm-hmm. and when you wake up after you die, the radio's on and they play, uh, I Got You, Babe. No, that's not true. That's from Groundhog Day, the movie. All right. Uh, what else? <laughs> I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing, oh, Forza Horizon 4, which... I uh, did this on another show, but I'd like to formally apologize to all my Xbox fans, uh, friends who have been telling me for years that the Horizon series is amazing and I should be playing it. And I was always like, ah, I'm not buying an Xbox just for one racing game. How good can it be? Blah, blah, blah. Got the PC uh, pass, fired that up on PC. That game is awesome. If you like yeah. even barely like racing games, it's already good en- enough in that way, but it's so much stuff to do. Like so many open world events that are not just races and not just in street cars or not just any of those things, but they're also actual uh, cars. So if you want to ride some souped up Subaru, you can. If you want to unlock a hot Bugatti or whatever, you can. Like it's a great game. Uh, really good game. I think it might be. I- I'm putting it right up there with how I feel about Burnout Paradise. So far, I've I've played like three hours, but I really like it so far. And it's freaking gorgeous. So thank you, Microsoft, for your cheap $1 access to Forza Horizon 4. (laughs) I'm going to be doing that as well because I'm very excited to play that game. I've had no time for Odyssey, but I am in theory still. I'm still playing Odyssey. So uh, and and, as are you. It's just so good. Yeah. Yeah, I I am not as far as I was the first time I was playing through, but apparently I went back to Athens at the right point, and I progressed that thing along in mm-hmm. a way that I wasn't ready for. And oh man, that game is the game just goes, but I'm happy that it just goes. It's Same. a game I'm constantly happy to just dive back into. Same. I'm really enjoying it. Uh Bo, I've heard you have barely poked your head out of surviving Mars. How's nope, that going? I'm almost done terraforming Mars. I've got um, the temperature up to 100%. I've got water saturation up to 100%, and the atmosphere um, is holding at 100%, but there's no natural magnetic force, so that can always get reverted. So I've got these big machines that are helping fight against that and mm-hmm. provide artificial magnetic force. I have these large forestation plants that are planting crops. Things are starting to turn green. I had my first non-toxic rainfall 
just pure natural water. Wow. Raining out the sky. <laughs> but unfortunately, the vegetation level tapers off at 40%. It turns out it's hard to just plant trees on Mars. Yeah. So I have to send these missions up where I get a whole bunch of seeds uh-huh. and shoot them out. You know, the mission is that you just shoot them out and put seeds, blanket the planet in seeds. So far, we're doing pretty good. Uh, surviving Mars is pretty amazing. It's a cool Now, game. I want to walk back something I said about it because I kind of said to you, Scott, it's just a relaxing game where you, you build a city in Mars. And it turns out that's probably not true. I was probably underselling it because it didn't bother me too much. Mm. But it really is. The game really isn't. The idea is to survive on Mars. So mm. there is a challenge to stay alive and to to use your pieces to keep your community going. Let me ask you this. A lot of these city builders slash, you know, colony builder kind of games which i do like a lot of them feature uh an option this game does as well that's basically just sort of a relaxed let's just go play don't worry about you know stuff crashing into us or big failures or any of that basically turning disasters off is that a viable way to play in your mind or do you think you could only no, do this with because the it's called surviving mars not hanging out on mars so like <laughs> it's actually really it's really it's an important part of the essential gameplay is the idea that you have to keep oxygen in your dome yeah you have to have enough resources resources are scarce on mars itself so you have to have enough concrete to maintain your power systems so that they continue generating power or else again your citizens will suffocate in their domes because there's nothing powering the oxygen system so it really is a balancing act of keeping all your resources in place i will say once you get to a certain point where you've got everything under control you hit a critical mass where everything right now is easy i'm just i press maximum speed and I've got so many resources that problems get resolved. I've got, uh, if there's a meteor storm, I have lasers everywhere that shoot the meteors out the sky, a missile defense system or meteor defense system that shoots them out of the sky. So you can, can get to a certain point where everything's trivial. So I'd say the end game of surviving Mars, if you're looking for it to be a survival, gets really easy towards the end and mm. not a challenge. Mm. Um, but still fun. It's just the whole idea of just putting a colony on Mars and making it survive is fun. So... Um, I think I put a 30 hours or more this past week since our last show. Wow. And that's not the first time I've played the game. So, you know, I've got my money's worth. I'm going to move on to another game fairly soon. I think I have to get back to Witcher 3. Yeah. Uh, but I, it was it's good. Surviving Mars is really good. All right. High praise. And I would agree from what I've played. I just haven't gone as deep as you. I need to get in there. Yeah. It's it, it takes a long time. Like, there's no, um, you know, like Civ, you can play a short campaign or a long campaign. Mm-hmm. There's no option for that. There's just play the game. Mm. There's lots of different options to customize your game, but there's I don't think there's a quick mode. So if you plan on playing a game from beginning to end, it's going to be 30 hours. Well, because it's, a, but it's real time. There's no turn base. So, you, so your quick mode comes from speed just speeding it up right isn't there an well option you, to... yeah i mean you can speed it up but the problem is once you have like a resource shortage yeah you can get screwed people start dying you don't have enough security in your domes there's renegades everywhere um <clears throat> you can really get yourself in a bad spot that takes a lot of time to dig out of because you have like if you want to get concrete you'd be like oh there's rocks everywhere on mars nope concrete is very difficult to find and you can't just put a concrete extractor where there's concrete you got to run power cables well, your power grid's too stressed out, and you can't afford to put any more devices in it. So you need to build new power uh, systems, like wind turbines. Well, now I'm low on rare metal, so I got to go find. And then it's just an endless chain of like trying to put together your system so that it it functions automatically. So 
that's what turns into five hours of like, okay, let me get here. Let me get here. Let me turn this off. Let me micromanage so I can figure things out. And uh, the next thing you know, your time is, it's three in the morning. You're like, oh, yeah. But you, you know, you're no, you're no stranger to the going hard. No, I like know, that. but I really like to go to bed at midnight at the latest. <laughs> and these games that just keep me going for the extra three hours is not good. Yeah, I feel you. I'm supposed to be a mature, responsible adult, but man, you guys make fun games out there. Yeah, well done, inter- uh, industry. You've you've done it. Uh, well, all right, I think it's going to do it for today's show. We are going to play games after this. The game is called Heroes of the Storm. And uh, we're going to play it because that's what we like to play with the five of us. Kyle and Kristen will be joining us, I assume. They said they're in tonight, right? Haven't actually looked. Yeah. Okay. So we're all good on that. Um, that's coming up right after this. In the meantime, a reminder that this show is supported by you. That's right. Listeners like you. I don't mean Joe. I wasn't looking at Bo or John or Joe or Bon, as I almost said. Uh, if you're at home and you're like, man, core is so cool. I wish I could give back to my favorite podcasters. Pa- uh, Patreon.com slash core show. That's Patreon.com slash core show is the way to do it. We appreciate your help and uh, please continue to help us out over there. We got a brand new, oh, actually I had to get one from John, but we got brand new um, Dear Martha letters coming. It's all very exciting. Uh, so watch for that. And uh, also frogpants.com slash core is our website. If you're looking to find us, that's the place to do it. If you want to find us on Twitter, Bo Schwartz, John Jagger, or John underscore Jagger, rather, Scott Johnson. And the show is at Core Pod. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Bo, for John. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 